it was not my will be done. Let's just say it was not my will be done, but I became a vessel of love. And I said to God, the world, the universe, I am here to do your work. I am here to love and be loved. Send people my way who need that. Bring people. Um, I'm here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor you by using the gifts and the talents you've given me. Send people my way who need my help. And I've honestly, my friend, like, I left space for the miracles and many miracles have happened in the last 12 months. I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. Today's guest and I are definitely like-minded, but more importantly, we are also like-hearted. Ryan Hartley brought this idea of like-hearted into my awareness. And I'm so excited to share more of his thoughts and teachings in today's episode. His words have already changed and impacted my life, and I hope they'll do the same for you. Ryan leads from the heart as a coach, podcast host, and leader. He may be the guest I've connected most with around the concept and energy of love and how that's the truth of who we are. He shares about how he surrendered his own will to control his destiny. And though it was extremely hard, by doing so, he became a vessel of love, which allowed his heart to truly express itself. Really excited to have my new friend, uh, Ryan Hartley, on the podcast. Welcome, buddy. Hello, my friend. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. Yeah, so I was honored uh, and humbled to be on Ryan's podcast, always better than yesterday. And uh, it was, it, I, you know, it was like a thirty-minute episode, and I feel like we already like connected, and it felt so, it felt so great just to chat with somebody that is like-hearted. And Ryan, mm. thank you, thank you for that, man. When we were on the on the episode, he had mentioned that, and now I've been using that like-hearted, you know, yeah. like like. <laughs> it's great, you know, isn't it? We we live in a world that's so focused on mind and intellect, and um, yeah, I just love just love it, like hearted, and that's I think that's why we had such a great conversation because just it was just that heart connection. Totally right, and I always use like like everyone else, we always use like minded and yep. like hearted, just kind of elevates it and takes it to another place and like another another meaning behind it. Um, I think so. I was I was fortunate enough to interview um, a a great lady called Dr. Deborah Rosman, and uh, she's the CEO of the HeartMath um, Incorporation. And she said to me on the podcast, she said, "We don't say to each other, I love you with all of my mind.'" <laughs> you know, so there's something intuitive in nature about this uh, this "I love you with all my heart." It's more than just an organ, you know. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Awesome, man. So I want to, you know, just chat with you a little bit about always better than yesterday. Sweet. Right, man. And so what does always better than yesterday mean to you? Well, for me, it started out as this community of people. Um, 
grew up here in the UK. Uh, I did 12 years in the UK police service. And as I progressed in leadership, as I progressed in my development, I trained to become a coach. Um, and through that development journey, um, I just fell in love with coaching. I fell in love with this, this thing that I could use to help people be better. Mm. But I wasn't coaching enough. At the police, I was used to coach people that were a problem or they wanted promotion. And I just knew that there was so much more around people's potential. Um, so my wife, she was a network marketer and she had a downline of about 300 ladies. And I just used to spend my evenings uh, after work in an office like this, just over there. Um, and I would coach her ladies for free. I had coached about 50 of them in the space of about 12 months. Um, and I just put them all in one place so that we could create this sense of community. My, my ethos was around always better than yesterday at this time. And I wanted it to be an extension of me. So I called it, we are always better than yesterday. So we've been running that about five years now. And I'm very fortunate enough that that has now become my full-time job. In 2020, I left the police and I now run my company full-time. We do a bit of coaching, do a bit of consulting, do a bit of cheerleading, do a bit of podcasting. And I'm very fortunate enough to say that I get to do what I love every single day. Yes, good for you. I get to do what I love every single day. And the cool thing is how that started. You just took like a, a shot and kind of a leap and you did this thing for free. Because it just resonated with you and, and felt good with you. And it's like you you just kind of tuned into your purpose, right? Like you said, you love the coaching aspect of it. And I don't know, you know, you, at least it sounds like you didn't let money be a huge object in, well, in what you were doing. So I coached for free for a long time probably too long. There's about 140 sessions I delivered for free. There's a little bit of my money, money mindset coming from a public sector background. Um, but when people say, hey, you need to know your worth, you need to know your worth, there's an intellectual knowing. And then there's an 18-inch journey to our heart, which mm. for me, that doing it for free, it just revealed my worth. I didn't, it just revealed that I knew that my my coaching worked because I'd had evidences of, of transformation. So I just found the win-win. I would come in the office. I would give everything I had to help them be better. And in doing so, I got better. Like yeah. that's it. I just it wouldn't the world be a better place if we all just found the win-wins. Yes. And that just, it, it shows too. It's like what we give in life is what we get back, right? Mm. You were giving all this help. And then you, that's like, that's what you received back from them as well. You know, your own growth, right? So, so cool when that just is like so transparent and, and really, really shows. And uh, so I guess what are, what are some of the things you, that you do in terms of teaching and, and, and coaching people? Well, so always better than yesterday. It started off that I labeled myself a mindset coach. I've, I've been a student of psychology since uh, school. I used to love all the um, crime documentaries. I, I used to watch criminal profilers. I wanted to be a criminal profiler. It's not until I joined the police that I realized that those jobs don't really exist unless you want to spend your life in academia. But here I was, psychology was the thing. And the more and more I progressed with leadership, and, the, and here's the best thing that ever happened to me. I became a parent at the same time I became a leader. And the reason that I was so transformational is because in the police, leadership is about rank, position, status, hierarchy, the nearest car to the park, car parking space to the building. And here I was serving and sacrificing and nurturing this little baby, my son, who was born almost nine years ago. And I'm giving everything I have to bring out the best in this little human. And I'm going to work and I'm I'm looking after my team and I'm supporting, I'm developing, I'm giving them skills and confidence. I'm like, these things are the same. This is leadership. And at the heart of leadership is love. And I have gone through my own leadership development journey. I've gone through my own spiritual journey. And the more and more I allow love to transform my heart, the more that I'm revealed that this is who we are. This is who we are made to be. So my mission in life right now is to, I've got the master key, my friend. I feel like the most gifted. I feel like I've been given a master key. And that master key is go and help more people lead with love. Because when I do, 
the ripple effect of those leaders who will go and love unconditionally their teams, their families, their communities. They'll meet them where they are and they'll leave them a little better. Man, it's, it's as Paulo Coelho says in uh, The Alchemist, he says, love is the force that has to transform the soul of the world. And I just love the fact that if I can equip people and open their hearts to go and lead with love, man, that ripple effect blows my mind. And isn't it so wild? You are leading with love. <clears throat> you're expressing love. And that's, ex again, exactly what you're getting back. Mm. You're now, you know, you're in this world that is just surrounded and engulfed in love. And who doesn't yeah. want to be there? Huh, mate, and, and, and do you know what? And sometimes we're told a lie that, oh, it's nice to do what you love. Isn't that nice to do? It's highly practical. And you and I, I share a love for the work of Joe Dispenza. Hmm. And as I said, the work of HeartMath. There's science out there to say that absolutely, when we are in a position of love, our bodies are healthier. Yeah. Our minds are, are clearer. Our leadership becomes naturally more loving and kind and collaborative. And I just think, you know, I was fortunate enough to be in a Japanese restaurant here in England. It's called Wagamama's. And on the menu, there was this bowl. It said Kokoro bowls. I was like, I love that. That sounds awesome. And it was food for the heart, the mind, and the soul. So I, I was like, I, there's something in this word. I need to go and research Kokoro a bit more. And it just gave me the clarity that I needed to separate the heart and the mind. Because, again, I think this society, we've got too much of a um we, we put mind on a platform hashtag mindset is everything no it's not my friends mm. mindset is important but we can achieve great things through the mind but if we haven't engaged our heart first we get what i call the penguins of madagascar moment we get the job we get the house we get the kids we get the relationship and we're still empty and miserable it's that where well, this sucks it's because we don't engage the heart first. And so, you know, I feel like, I, again, I've been given that master key that if I can help people engage the heart first, the heart simply wants to just love, be loved, express itself. And at its core, it, it's one. It, it, it knows it lacks nothing. Mm. So we become infallible to the messages of marketing, which at their best leave us feel inadequate without the product. My friend, like... I feel gifted with a message of one that I know you know too. And our challenge is the fact that love is going to transcend understanding. We're going to struggle to find the words for it. So you and I having a conversation about this, hopefully we'll start to awaken some more hearts out there. Absolutely, man. And like, thank you for connecting me even more to my heart because I always think mindset, mindset, like, where's my mindset at? You know, am I being positive? Am I, am I being grateful? And it's, it has, and I, it's like, and Ryan, this is like something I know, but you're helping me like circle back to it and like really fully grasp it and, and understand it even more. Right. Where yeah. it's like, I know things come from the heart, but I always think mindset. And then mm -hmm. now you're really giving me the awakening and helping me just tap in and tune into what I already know and that yeah. everything comes from the heart. So the, the yeah, 100%. And, and, and so the way that we can use this word Kokoro is we can separate the heart and the mind for the for the purposes that they are really good at. We can let them both lead to their strengths. The heart knows what it desires. The heart knows who we are. The heart just wants to express itself. So what's the mind really good at? The mind is good at for thinking, for planning, for strategizing, for learning, and for scanning. What is it that I need to do to love myself in this moment like the mind we can use it to pay attention and what we focus on so when you're saying how are my thoughts am i feeling gratitude that is a great way of using our mindset to connect back to our heart set hmm. wow man how do, i guess how long ago or how 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 did your spiritual journey start because whenever <laughs> i talk to somebody and i you know i hear these things that are like they're very enlightening and they're like, they're, they're waking me up even more and yeah, yeah, yeah. helping me connect more because everything is love. And in every conversation, when we can come back and connect more to love, to me, it's just, it's, it's inspiring. I'm like mm -hmm. left in awe. So for someone like you, I'm just, I'm very curious, you know, how, how did you get on this path? Well, I guess my, my start was through my leadership journey. I went 
back to discover my why. I, I fell in love with this idea of Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Um, we're talking, uh, I was probably about 27, so about seven or eight years ago. And I got really clear on my own purpose, which was that I just used to love helping people be confident, authentic, and be better than they were yesterday. That was in the good times. But the spiritual kind of awakening comes through pain. I was a guy who was forced to look at himself because I got to a point where I was so left feeling by the police that I was judged, uh, that I wasn't welcome, that I couldn't belong. People were judging my social media presence, scrutinizing and judging my heart and my intentions. And in doing so, it really triggered me. And it took me back to my pain, which was as a young lad, I, my dad left when I was six months old and my stepdad left when I was 12. So two male role models left me at critical points in my life. And that hardened me to a point where, well, two things. It made me the class clown because I just love to make people laugh and, and, and ease others of pain. But it also meant that I be hardened. I, I became someone that uh, feared rejection. I became someone that um, would seek love and validation in the world or seek affirmation i'd be labeled as arrogant because i would spend so much time telling people how great i was and what i was doing i look back at that kid now and he was just a kid that just was seeking love and validation in all the wrong places mm -hmm. um so it's in doing so that i realized that i can't do this on my own and that that was the hardest thing for me to ever admit is that I had to learn to surrender to something bigger than myself because the situation I found myself in when I was trying to control everything just brought me more pain. My wife and I were, our relationship, you know, really took a downfall. So I was coaching. Things were great. You know, my relationship sucked. My coaching was great. So where did Ryan Hartley go? Not to fix his problems. <laughs> he went where he was loved. Uh -huh. So I ended up leading for love, not from love. And it meant that I went away from fixing what I should have been fixing to a point where I gave up hope for the relationship and I moved out of the family home. Spent a month back at my mum's house trying to, no, I was at peace, just trying to pursue love. I, I, I gave up love in the family home and I tried to pursue it elsewhere. And, and, and I guess what I now know to be God had other ideas for me. Um, after the emotions subsided, we, my wife and I were able to have some reasonable conversations and, and make a recommitment to go at it again. <laughs> and in doing so, I made a commitment. She, she'd found God at this time. She'd found faith. And she's like, you, you need to find it too. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, I don't. I'm a man of science. I don't want anything to do with the big guy, but I was pursued. And, um, she wanted to go to this Christian festival here in England. And I was like, this is my idea of my worst nightmare. I thought I'd go and spend time with 10,000 Ned Flanders. You know, I just I was like, I want, I want nothing to do with this. I went and there was something in that environment. I just love authenticity. These people were worshipping. They were um, having, they were just expressing themselves. They were love. They were light. All walks of life. And I'm a people watcher. The psychologist in me is going, wow, this is amazing. And, you know, for me, love and faith and spirituality, it talks to me through music. And it was a very personal set of lyrics that spoke to me. Um, and then what I could then do is when I came home in the weeks after that, I didn't have to say to Lisa, my wife, that I enjoyed the festival. I just sneakily listened to the music in my car. And, and slowly but surely the music and, you know, just the words, it's just, it opened me up to this true sense of unconditional love. And what it led me to is going to church with my wife on a Father's Day. And the pastor, he said, oh, it's Father's Day. If you want to come down the front, we'll do a, we'll do a commissioning over you men. I thought, what's the worst that can happen? I'm a, I'm a dad. You know, I'm not a follower of Jesus, but I like the Jesus character. I like the way he loved people. Mm -hmm. Sure, what's the worst that can happen? And the pastor, he said, yeah, that's it, women. If you want to put your hands out towards these men, you can do that. And I said, with that, like, it was like I was hadoukened in the back. It was like fireball went from my wife's hands to my spine. My whole body caught fire. My eyes streamed and I just walked back to my wife. I said, I don't want to ever talk about this ever again. I said, but I just feel like saying I'm a child of God and I don't want to talk about this ever again. And I guess... I guess in that moment, whether that's healing or whatever it was, it was just the most unconditional love I've ever felt. 
And I try and walk in that feeling with that love and that gratitude and not just walk in it, but I owe myself to whatever it is, love, the universe, to give the best of myself to others, to be that love and light for other people and let that be a ripple effect to others. It's a bit of a long story, but hopefully it will make sense. That was beautiful, man. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being just open and, and vulnerable uh, and just speaking your truth. And there's so much power in that story. First off, like great job. And I'm, I'm happy and grateful for you that you kept an open mind and yeah. you took a leap and tried yeah. something different because that's difficult for, for a lot of people, especially yeah. right when you feel like it's completely opposite of, of who you yeah. are and what you want to do. And uh, yeah. It is great because, you know, open mind. I'm, I'm very fortunate not uh, to not have been brought up within the church. So I, I don't feel confined by a man-made mm. uh, construct. And I think a lot of religion and church is, is, is run by flawed human beings. Aren't we all flawed, right? Yeah. But love is not flawed. Love is perfect. And therefore, rather than direct me to a book... And then this is not a diss on the Bible. There's some absolute wisdom that I have at the heart set of my work, but it was written by a human being. The thing that we should be directing human beings to is that intimate experience in our hearts. That is God. That is love. The book says God is love. God is light. God is in all and God is through all. I choose to believe that that is the same thing Joe Dispenza talks about when he talks about high energy and frequencies. I believe it to be the same thing. <clears throat> love is universal. Love is high frequency. The book says we can't get to heaven if we don't go through Jesus, i.e. love. And Joe Dispenza says we can't get to the quantum field unless we're in states of love. It's the same thing. Universal truth to, told through the, the veil of science. So I just feel that love is a very intimate experience. It's going to transcend our understanding but the more and more we try and connect, the more and more oneness and wholeness we feel. And yeah, it's powerful stuff. Isn't it wild that it's the same thing? Right? Because, yeah. Because yeah, I got yeah. there too and listening to Dispense and I'm like, this is all the same. Like I'm reading all these and listening to all these different books. And mm. I'm like, they're all saying the same thing just in their own unique way. Yeah which is great because it allows you to understand it from a new perspective each and every single time. You're not mm -hmm. hearing it drilled in the same exact way each time. That can get kind of boring and mundane. You know what I mean? When you're hearing it in a different way and it clicks again, it's like, for me, you can have an understanding of something and then little by little, like the, it clicks, 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 and then it locks in after, mm -hmm. you know, you're hearing it in all these different ways. And yeah. I think yeah. sometimes when, particularly from the religion aspect, when we picture a God and we will picture Jesus, it's a very human relationship that we visualize. Yes. And therefore what happens is because we know ourselves too well, we come to those relationships with shame and with guilt and with knowledge of we've done things that probably fell short of the standard of love. But when you think about things from an energetic perspective like Dispenza, that's always available to us. We always can sit down slow our breathing, connect with our hearts, and, and our hearts turn soft and into fire again. Well, that's God, that's love, because the, the, the result of that means that we become more loving, compassionate, kind, gratuitous, you know, which is exactly what the book's trying to tell us. Mm -hmm. But yet when we put a person in a face to it, shame, judgment, guilt, you know, it's, yeah. Yep, and when, when we create it as a person, we look at it as separate from ourselves. We look at it mm. as outside of ourselves. Like I'm here and God is there. And mm. you already touched on this. It's all within us. Mm. The love is, is within us. God is within us. Our, the way that we get to God is through love. It's mm. the only way that we can get there. And it's nothing outward. It's nothing in our outer environment that gets us there. It's us internally coming to a place mm -hmm. of peace and understanding and knowing that we are love and understanding that love is the energy of the universe. And every good feeling we've yeah. ever felt yep. in our entire life is love. And this is really important, I think, to, just to, to mention out there. When we talk about love, it's not the romantic love. Mm. And that's something that has just been kind of coming up in my life where I assume when I talk about love, um, 
that it's just not the romantic love. But I've had a few people be like, wait, 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 I don't really quite understand what you mean by love. So it's not the romantic love. It is all of those beautiful feelings that you know when you feel them. It is when you are forgiving. It's when you're compassionate. It's when you feel empathy. Um, mm -hmm. It's when you actually give to others. It is, it is mm -hmm. kindness. It's generosity. It is self-love and self-compassion. It's all of those emotions. It's those higher vibrational emotions that we feel that yeah. get us to our godliness. Because I'm just a firm believer too, that we are God. God is within us. We are manifestations of God in physical form. And so with that, and that's a thing that, so I grew up in the Catholic church mm. and it really, it does, it, it kind of gives you the idea that God is like this one person, like this man, um, <laughs> kind of with, it was like gray with like long beard and, and hair and stuff like that. And it, it does, it just, it simply creates separation as that God is there and I, and I am here. And I feel like that is one of the flaws of, mm. of at least, you know, all I can really speak about as a Catholic church, because that's what I grew up in. Mm. And I just, I, I feel like that's just one of the flaws in it in, in creating that separation, because we need to understand that we're one, mm. that it, it, it's here, it's nowhere else but here. And when you're looking outward, you're never going to discover and have the awareness to look inward and realize that it's actually all right here. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening to a book. Uh, by Sadhguru. Um, it's called Karma. Me too. Um, it's it's <laughs> yeah. very, 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 very good. And what he's saying is that there's this spiritual philosophy that we as human beings, our natural state is to be. And then from our being, our oneness and who we are, we then go into the world and we do things in line with who we were made to be. Mm -hmm. And then when we do things from a position of love, we have things come to us magnetically that attract, uh, that we attract into our life. The greatest thing that the world has done to play a trick on us is to flip that formula. You have to do more, you, you know, you have to have more to become more. Mm -hmm. And it, and, and that's why we have an attack on our souls. You know, it's why we have an attack on, I love what your guest, uh, Kat Moore said about mm. how, you know, society has tricked us to believe, you know, in self, and self-sufficiency because you know the more that we focus on self and self-ease and self-promotion the more we're actually trying to say hey validate me justify me and hopefully maybe that will seek into the inside and make me feel like i'm enough it's wrong and it's yeah. never ending if it's not enough it'll never be enough more of the same is still not enough and uh you know, how we've got this world to trick us away from just being who we're made to be. It's, um, yes. Can I just, I, I, this reminded me of, um, of a tweet the other day that I reposted on spread love movement. And it said, Western cultures believe we must be alive for a purpose to work, to make money. Some mm. indigenous cultures believe we're alive just as nature is alive to be here, mm. to be beautiful and strange. We don't need to achieve anything to be valid in our humanness. And that just, it really resonates with me, right? Because it literally, we just need to be, like just be who we are, mm. connect to our truth and let that just shine. And I'll tell you, Ryan, like I, I do, I, like I'll go back and forth sometimes where I'm like, hmm, are we supposed to just be, or am I supposed to be trying to achieve my higher self and, and be the best version of myself that I can be? And it's like, I do, I, you know, I, this is like a newer thought to me. And it's okay to not be clear on it. You know what I mean? It's okay to to um, kind of see it in both ways. You, we don't need to make a decision in a moment and be like, this is how I feel, this is my belief, and that's it. Like, it's yeah. okay to be figuring things out. So I have a view on this. Yes, please. I My view, and it links to your mission of, uh, of, of increasing consciousness, collective mm -hmm. consciousness, yeah. right? So you've got um, the animal kingdom, who don't really have conscious thought, they just be and they exist and they respond and react in ways that are just um, intuitive, yeah? Us as human beings, we have the ability, it's called metacognition, to think about our thinking. So we are the only species on this planet that have been brought into life with the ability to never meet our potential. We're the only species on this planet that could die without meeting our potential. And it is in that moment that is the difference between our chimp re reactions 
and choosing how we respond through love that is the real consciousness. That's what separates us from the animal kingdom. Yes, we are being, but we're also choosing. It's like, right, we have so much more of a, of a conscious thought pattern, mm. which gives us the ability to do that. Because some, sometimes I'll literally, I'll look at a plant or a tree and, or I'll look at an animal and there's moments, it's not like, it's not jealousy, it's just, it's just awareness, right? And mm. I'm, I'm really, I'm realizing there's a much bigger difference of anger or hate or jealousy or any of those things or, or just being aware of the situation and not being emotionally attached to it. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I've been noticing, and with plants and flowers, it, it like resonates even more. It's like they don't have their conscious mind, the ego mm-hmm. running their lives and jumping in and making them doubt themselves. And there's like, there's no flower that looks at another flower and was like, that flower is more beautiful than I am. That flower is taller than I am. What is wrong with me? Why am I not fulfilling my purpose? Why am I not achieving what I'm supposed to achieve in life? It's like they just, they just be. Why am I a daisy, not a sunflower? Exactly. Yeah. Right. I um I, I have a friend of mine. Unfortunately, he lost his son in Afghanistan um many years ago. And he's in, in his talk, he he basically would say that things were really tough, as you can understand. And he said, sometimes I had to learn how to live like my dog. And I think that phrase has never really left me because it's in those moments. And I think here's what separates us and dogs and dogs are the most loving little things they don't have this prefrontal cortex they don't have what it means to be human in their brain which means they're not thinking they're just being and what happens when we're just being our natural state is love it's not thinking about shoulda woulda couldas our natural state beyond our human analytical computer is love Exactly. I had a guest on, his name is Danny Morell, and he is a phenomenal spiritual teacher and leader. And something he left me with that I just, I keep thinking about and going over is that he said it just so clearly and so plainly and easily. He's like, we, you, me, we are not our anxiety. Mm. We're not our fear. Mm. We're not our jobs. (laughs) We're not any of those things. We are love. And mm. in our truest form, we are just love. And it's like that love, we don't need to go seek that anywhere else. It's just no. here. It's not even anything that, that we have to go strive for. It already exists within mm. us. The really cool thing that I love through my coaching is that that love looks and sounds and feels different based on the color of, uh, I say color loosely, but as an expression of who we are. No two hearts are the same. Therefore, no two expressions of love are the same. Mm. And I, I have the very fortunate um, position of coaching a married couple, but separately. And where we talk about leading with love, like they both have very different ways of expressing love. Like like the guy, he's the cheerleader. He's the encourager. He's the He's the guy that's going to affirm you. He's going to cheer you on. The lady, man, she's tough. She's not going to let you settle for average. She's going to call you into your higher potential. And that love from them both feels very different. But it's still love at the core because they care for you. And it's I practice something called love tough. If it's tough love, you know, love comes last. But was when we when we know that love comes first and that I'm not judging you, this isn't, this is unconditional. We can accept the toughness because we know there's a container of love around it. It's like, we, right, when we just know that it's unconditional, we know that it's there. No matter how it's coming forth, and it may seem tough or it may seem in your face, but you just know that it's there. My, um, my son was quite tired. My son, he's eight. He'd been swimming lessons and he had to go to football training, uh, soccer. Uh, and he, so he went, he went off and um, his coach was pretty tough on him. And he was, he was drilling something in. My son wasn't listening. And so he got kind of pulled up a little bit. And, um, and, and then when he listened, he responded and he performed fantastically. He did, he did exactly what he was asked to do. We came home, had a bit of a conversation. He was a bit downbeat. I said, you know why coach is saying those things to you, don't you? He's like, why? You could tell that he felt like he wasn't good enough compared to... I said, because your coach sees the greatness in you. And I said, if he didn't, he'd say nothing because he had given up on you. I said, but your coach sees your potential to be great, Corey. And he is saying those things because he believes in you enough to hope that you bring that out. And he just 
burst into tears. He said, that means so much, Daddy, because we've got a world that thinks that tough criticism and feedback is about not being good enough, whereas if love comes first, it's about bringing out the best in us and helping us get to our potential. Yes. Can I say one of the things that I am most grateful for in life is my relationship with my wife in the sense that mm-hmm. no matter, we may disagree on certain things or there may be a moment where maybe I come a little harder or she comes at me a little bit harder. And it never matters to me because I know of our unconditional love for one another. Mm-hmm. And I know it's always because I know who she is at her core and she's nothing. She's love. She's like nothing but love. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful. And in anything, I just know I'm like, I, and for me, and then coming for me as well, she knows the same thing for me. It's like, it's always meant with love. You know what I mean? Maybe in that moment, I might be frustrated and the tone comes out not in, in the clearest way or in the best way that I wanted to. But we know that that's, it always resides in that place. And that, that mm-hmm. everything that we're saying to one another it, it's only coming, it's literally only coming from a good place and a place of love and growth and acceptance for each other. And we can get that on our calm days, but sometimes we have troubled hearts and we have troubled minds. And um, that's when stories come up. That's when we start to tell ourselves stories. Oh, you just don't get it. You know, there are, there are things that can happen in our lives, busyness being probably the top one, yeah. that stop us from connecting on that heart level and having that space and grace. I certainly know I've experienced it, you know, having two young kids and both working a lot. We've had to work very hard on creating that safe grace container because without it, you know, it's very easy to look at the worst in someone and say that's them and their character rather than that it being a signal and a sign of a distressed human being with unmet needs. Exactly. Oh, perfect, Ryan. It's like, instead of being like mad or angry at someone, just be like, okay, like you're suffering a little bit right now. You're mm-hmm. in a little bit of pain right now. We all yeah. have a lot of shit going on. The world can be mm-hmm. crazy in moments. <laughs> you know what I mean? And in, in, in those situations, instead of like coming back to the person or being angry and, and kind yeah. of lowering your vibration and also kind of being unconscious in those moments, it's like understanding <laughs> that we're all, we all go through th- things sometimes. And this is really something I am continuing bringing into my awareness and I've been noticing it's been happening more and I'm just like, I'm so grateful for it, is that when, and I'll tell you, it's always easier when it's not happening to me directly, when it's an outside source, but it's when someone will tell me a story or I'll experience something where someone's rude or mean or negative or nasty and always having the thought of, listen, this person is just like, they're, they're going through something. They're in a low state. Who knows what just happened in their life? Like we have no idea. And what helps me connect more to this is the knowing that if they were high vibrational and they were filled with love and amazing, they could never be nasty. It yeah, literally yeah. doesn't exist in your reality to act that way when you're yep. feeling all those positive emotions. Yeah. Right. And it's, I'll tell you, it's yeah. even when someone, when someone will tell me a story that it happened to them, someone was nasty. I'll be like, yeah, well, that's why. And then when it happens to me, it's like a whole nother yeah. story. It's like a whole nother part of self-awareness and removing yeah. myself, taking a step back from that situation and being able to view it with an open, clear mind instead of being, you know, down in the trenches with it and being in the ruffles yeah. and, and ingrained in it. And another thing that the mind's great at is just keeping us alive. Yeah. And, in, and in those moments, those those emotions that are coming our way, the amygdala is saying, oh, alert, alert, something's not good here. My survival's at stake. My acceptance in the tribe is at stake. Yeah. Which floods our body with cortisol, immediately lowers our vibe state. And... Um, yeah, the one thing I love, right, and another reference, cross-reference in the, the Bible and, and Joe Dispenza is that the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear, right? Well, Joe Dispenza says that when the body is in states of love, it stops the production of cortisol. The oxytocin inhibits the production of cortisol. I'm like, well, you couldn't have made that up if you tried. Perfect love casts out fear. And oxytocin stops the the production of cortisol. How incredible is that? Really, and that's why I feel like we we love Dispenza so much because it's kind of these things that we know um, are our truth, right? And we 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 know that they are that they're real. 
he is able to scientifically break down and be like, okay, yeah, this is actually what is happening. You know what I mean? I know we've kind of thought this for a while and, and that, that's always great, but this actually shows you that mm. on a biological level that this is actually what is taking place and those things are true. And it's cool because it's like there, there's things in life where we just, because of who we are, removing all the ego, there's things that we just know. You know what mm. I mean? We just, mm. and, and Dispenza is proving those things, which is just so special. Mm. He is. Mind. He really, I just like, when I discovered him a few years ago, I was like, oh, like just, I, I actually discovered him. There was a documentary called Heal and he was a part of that. Mm. And then one of my buddies was reading um, uh, Becoming Supernatural. And then boom, it just clicked and came into my life. Yeah. So like everyone listening to this right now, please check out Dr. Go Dispenza. Uh, he yeah. will blow your mind in all the best ways. 100%. Yep. And Ryan, I want to ask you, man, having, you know, coming from a place of love so often and having this sort of a mindset, yep. what are some of the things that you are doing on a daily basis that help align you and put you in this sort of a, ooh, not mindset, hmm. but a heart set, you know, it, it help you align with your heart center and who you truly are? Hmm. I come from a coaching industry that constantly seeks to my lack, you know, do you not have enough clients? Do you have not have it? And I have to uh, work on my own consciousness, you know, to, to make myself, um, that th there's one thing again in, in scripture, it says that, um, I lack nothing. It's as simple It's a sentence. What I lack nothing, but the weight of those words are something that I try and put into my heart set every single day that I, I lack nothing. I have all that I need. And that, um, you know, that's, that's because, because there are bits where my mind, if I'm tired, will have me believe that I don't have enough followers that will have me believe that I've not got enough listeners that will have me believe that in three months time, my business is going to fall down around me because I haven't got certainty. It's all lies and doubt and distraction. It's all discouraging me from just doing what I should be doing, which is uh, allowing my love and heart to express itself. And I found that when I did that best during the pandemic, fear took hold. So I left the police um, on Valentine's Day, 2020. Six weeks later, the UK goes into lockdown uh, due to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I had fear for a day. I sat in my office thinking, well, this was the shortest coaching career anybody's ever had. <laughs> <laughs> but then I just made a commitment to walk in faith, to trust that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. These are the gifts that I've been given. And I surrendered it to the, and this sounds very dramatic. It was not my will be done. Let's just say it was not my will be done, but I became a vessel of love. And I said to God, the world, the universe, I am here to do your work. I am here to love and be loved. Send people my way who need that. Bring people. Um, I'm here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor you by using the gifts and the talents you've given me. Send people my way who need my help. And I've, Honestly, my friend, like I left space with the miracles and many miracles have happened in the last 12 months. My, the, the people that kept coming, we deepened in our relationships. We have been life-giving relationships, um, life-saving relationships. And man, that wouldn't happen if I just didn't surrender my own will to control my destiny. Yes, man. And that I was the hardest thing, hardest thing. To surrender and release is it's hard because our ego wants to attach because right, our ego wants to survive. So it's yeah. gonna have you be anxious and crazy and thinking about all the things that need to get done in order for you to survive, what you have to do. And Ryan, you said this is so perfect. You said you you just allowed your heart to express itself. And in that, that's that's such a powerful message and something I'm, you know, I am. I'm not trying to, I don't want to ever say trying to, I am doing my best every single day to live this as my truth as well, mm. where I feel like all of us, everyone listening, when we can literally allow our heart to express itself mm. and just be who we truly are without the worry and the fear of what's going to happen, where is this going to go? Am I going to fail? Am I going to succeed? When we just act from that place, that is when the magic happens and you are a perfect example of that coming true and the reality of that. Thank you, man. Yes. You know, sometimes it's not 
who we think we are, it's who we think we're not. And in the days at the police, I was led to believe and be convinced that I didn't know much about leadership and why should I have a podcast talking about leadership? My heart just wanted to express the passion that it has for helping good people help good keep good people. Mm-hmm. So why would my heart not want to express? My mind then just needs to know there's always more to know. Don't worry about what other people say. Your heart's going to express itself because it cares about this subject. The heart cares about the ripple effect that leadership can have on people. Allow that to come through. Allow that to happen and drop expectation. Right. And think about how sad it would have been. You had these beautiful emotions and feelings of how you want to be a leader and you want to help people. Like it came from a place of love that you wanted to do good in the world. Mm. How sad would it have been if you did allow your ego to trump that and you allowed your fear to trump that and you chose fear instead of love? And this is it. The purpose of fear is to stop us reaching our potential, just to keep us where we are. How crazy is that? Right. And all the good that you've done and all the people that you've helped, that would have been trumped and never happened if you listened to the fear that was within you. And and every moment, let's all choose love over fear. And yes, it is difficult. And Ryan, you took a leap. You took a lot of judgment, (laughs) but you didn't let that judgment stop you from fulfilling yourself and living your truth and acting from a place of love. You, you know, and you chose to act from a place of love, not from acting from a place of, well, this is what people think I should do. So I guess this is what I'm going to do. And I'm, you know, I'm afraid of what they're going to think about me. So let me just take this route and, and not, you know, not upset people. And it always just breaks down to you're not being everyone like be your true self. Mm. And when we choose the opposite, we're not and we're not allowing ourselves to flourish. And we're not allowing our Dharma to come forward. And that stuff is just it's really, it's, it could not be more important in transforming our lives and living, I feel like, the best life we can in the happiest, most loving, most peaceful, giving state. It's all those positive emotions that can come from the act of being our true self as opposed to the act of, well, let me not mm-hmm. because I'm afraid what might happen or what people might think of me. I love that. Here's one of the phrases that used to haunt me when I first started is that you can't be always better than yesterday if you put things off until tomorrow. And, uh, you know, and I think always better than yesterday is a reminder that whilst things that are going on around us might not actually be better than yesterday, every day is an opportunity to reconnect, to shed ourselves of all the things that no longer serve us. Um, because we're talking about in the last 10 minutes, the big things that have happened, you know, it's easy to look back at the big things and go, Oh, I left space for the miracles and I quit my job, but it's the daily practice of trying to connect with your heart. It's the daily practice for me. I would have, and this isn't about morning routines, but I would give myself first. I would, I would have to fill up my own cup so much so that I came to the world lacking nothing. Mm. And that takes daily intention. So I'd go to the gym, I would do um, breath work, I would do meditation. This isn't my mantra to go and do that. But you need to go and do things that fill you up. Because when you become a leader or in a relationship or a parent or whatever, every transaction is going to take from you. And if you haven't invested a deposit in your love tank, as Gary Chapman would call it, is constantly getting depleted throughout the day. And wouldn't it be great to have an endless supply of love to give away? So the more that we actually give to ourselves, the more we experience being a more loving and powerful leader because we've got more to give. And the reason I say morning is that I found that if I did it in the morning, it would energize me for the day. If I did the things for me in the evening... I would be more protective. I would probably stay up later. I would smash a bowl of Doritos whilst I was watching the uh, telly and I'd be up too late, which would then impact my next day. Again, it's a personal experience. My one is one of get up early, do it for you. No one can take it away from you and let that energy flow throughout the rest of your day. Yes. One of the coolest things I think about love is that it's endless. It's Mm. literally infinite. Mm. Right, but we have to, and that's so true, you have to fill up the tank in order to access it. It's always there. It's just, are we able to access it and to let it come forth? Mm. I want to connect you with one of my buddies. He's in the UK too. Uh, His name is John McGee. Mm -hmm. He is the kindness coach. And he was also on the podcast and he talked a lot about um, filling up your tank 
And I never mm. thought about it that way. Yeah. I'm like, yes, thank you guys for this too. And you're reiterating it again. And it's like, we, we do, we have to do the things to put ourselves in a good, in a good state, in our heart, in our mind. Yeah. We, we overuse the phrase, you can't give what you've not got. Well, imagine giving what you've got an endless supply of. Yes. And love, we have, the endless, we have an endless there supply of it. Mm. It's there. Always, always, always. Yes. Oh my gosh. Ryan, man, I got so much love for you, buddy. I'm so glad that yeah, we were likewise, able but... yeah, to just link up and connect because conversations like this, just they inspire me. I know they inspire the listeners and, and they, they change lives. You know what I mean? They, when we can separate and detach ourselves from our fear mm. and our negative thoughts and our, our self-loathing and, and, and self-doubt, once you've done that, it's hard to explain until you've done it, but once you've done it, your universe changes. The reality that you live in totally changes and you're able just to live a happier life. And it's like, isn't that just what we all want is just to live a, a happier life and just live in a place of peace more often? Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, it, it comes through less. <laughs> like we, we live in a world that says more and the reality is we strip some stuff away we sit down, we relax, or we smell the coffee, or we walk and we take in the... Uh, I run the risk of sounding like a right hippie. <laughs> but it's it's appreciating, the, it's slowing down enough to appreciate. And it is that simple. It is being able to smile at a squirrel running up a tree. Those, th those things like make me smile. Like, I love it. I absolutely love squirrels. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, it, it's paying attention because it's all around us. It's not... Sometimes we can sit and wait for miracles. Sometimes we can sit and we can hope that God's talking to us and we're not. The reality is we ain't listening and we ain't looking. It's a lot closer. It's right underneath our eyes. It's right underneath our noses. It's right around us. And sometimes those miracles are in the mundane. They, they, they really are. And I'm a firm believer that these, these gifts, these miracles, these moments of gratitude, they're all around us all the time. But we have to be, we have to be able to see them, mm. right? Because they can be there, but if you're not open and willing to receive, that's what it's all about. If you can't receive them, they'll never, ever show up. They're, yeah. they're actually there, but they cannot appear in your reality because you're not allowing them to. Yeah. I was on the sofa yesterday. I was pretty tired, just looking at the phone, scrolling through. And if I hadn't put my phone down, I wouldn't have looked up and see my kids cuddling, having a beautiful little moment on the sofa. And I'd have missed it. Mm -hmm. I'd have missed it. You know, I'd have seen them killing each other all day long, but I'd have missed that one moment <laughs> of them being incredibly loving brother and sister together. And in that moment, whether we choose to say that's God, that, that was love. That was pure sibling love. The smiles on their faces, the cuddles they were giving each other. And I could quite easily have missed that because of this technology device in my hand. And, um, you know, sometimes it's just where do we put our attention and what are we missing? Exactly. And I was just going to say this, and you just painted a perfect picture of this. A one way, so people who are listening, it's like, okay, well, well, how can I find these gifts if they're, if they're right in front of me? Like, well, how, do, how do I get to a place where I'm able to receive them? One of the main first steps in that is being present. Mm is being here and now. Because that's cool, Ryan, we're all on our phone at times, right? But in that moment, you weren't present, you were somewhere else off on your phone. And that's, and like, that's the thing, that's okay. But it's like, in that moment, you were able to come back to the moment and be present. Because when you're on your phone, that beautiful moment with your kids, it didn't exist in your reality. And that's what I mean. It's like, it literally, it wasn't there for you to even witness it until you pulled yourself out from where you were, brought yourself back into this present moment, and then you were able to witness and see what was happening around you. And then you were given that gift. And for everybody, it's like, try not who, not try your best. Do, do this, be present, bring your awareness back to the presence. And that's when you will start to be able to receive and accept the gifts and the gratitude that is all around you. Because the, a great thing could happen to you, right? You, you might receive a gift in a way you never imagined, and then, but your mind's kind of somewhere else, and you're kind of anxious about what you have to do tomorrow, or you're worried about, you know, how did that go yesterday, and, and that, how's that gonna, what's that going to turn into? And you're all these other places, and you miss that thing. But if you're here and right now, you can't miss it. 
because you're nowhere else. There's nowhere else for your mind to be. It's only, it's only here and now. And it's literally in that moment impossible for you to miss and not be able to accept that gift. I'll tell you, man, I, I, I try to, I, I don't try. I practice gratitude every single day. And there'll be some moments I do it in the morning when I wake up, I do it when I am meditating and then I'll do it at the end of the day again. And the end of the day is probably the more difficult time for me to do it just because mm -hmm. it's the end of the day. And it's like, I've already done it twice today. Do I really need to do it again? Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't tell you how many times a day has gone by. I'll be at the end of the day and I'm like, what, what, like, what was there even to be grateful for today? Mm -hmm. And I'll put my phone down. I won't have the TV on. I'll just be with myself and my thoughts. And I'll sit. Sometimes it takes five, 10 seconds. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can be grateful for this thing that happened today. Oh, my gosh. And then this thing happened also today. And then this other thing happened. And it's like, without coming back to it, those would have been fleeting moments that just dissipated and mm -hmm. went away. But in bringing your awareness back to it, I'm fully embracing it and living it and feeling all of those mm -hmm. positive emotions when we feel when we're grateful for, yeah. for the things in our life. Uh, and the other thing is... Um is expressing gratitude in the moment with the people we're grateful for. Yes. Because like, how amazing is it to hear that people appreciate us and are grateful for us? And, and, and that, that, that flow of energy, like, yeah, that's, that's, it's so overlooked, isn't it? It's so, whether people feel fearful around, oh, I don't want an awkward interaction or whatever, but like, like you said a minute ago, uh, you know, you even used the word, the L word to a man, like how, how you know what I mean? It's just like, you said, you love me. Oh, I can't, you can't sit, but it's flipping awesome. Like how you and I can sit here and I feel fully seen and, and appreciated is you've just taken five seconds to go, oh man, I'm so glad we've connected. I really appreciate you. And that's free. All it's, it takes is the willingness to do those things. And you know, like I'm, so this is huge too, because right, you're expressing how good that made you feel. Mm. It made me feel just as good. <laughs> exactly. Spoiler alert. Win-win. <laughs> Literally. And I'll say like today, before we jumped on the, the podcast, I, I hit up Brian. I had to push it back 15 minutes and then 30 minutes because I was dealing with technical difficulties on another podcast episode. And I had to get it done before we hopped on because my brother edited and, and works on the sound and he's got to go. Right. So it was all this kind of rush and anxiety and moments. And then I just stopped and I, I took a breath and I reached out to Ryan and I know who the, I, we had a 30 minute conversation and I already have such a great understanding of who Ryan is. And I knew he'd be fine with it. And I reached out to him and I said, Ryan, I got to push it back 15. It's like, it, literally, it's totally fine, man. You let me know when and where and I'm good to go. And I hit him back and said, Ryan, I got to do another 15. And like, it's all, it's, it's all good, man. And I knew that was going to be your response. And thank you for that because that helped release my anxiety and mm. put me at ease in the whole situation. And then I meant this, I hit up Ryan back and I said, I really, like, I appreciate you. And I truly do. I truly mm. appreciate mm. you helping me feel more calm about that situation. And it's so important to express yeah. those things. Yeah. One of my really good buddies, he was on the podcast, Tim Cozine. Four years ago, he introduced that to me. I appreciate you. Mm. Never heard it, never thought about mm. it before. And it can really just show in a moment my thankfulness for you, my gratitude for you. And it's just another expression of love for somebody mm. else. Well, yeah, I appreciate those kind words. And um, so I talk here at Always Better yesterday about helping leaders lead with love. And what I've hopefully demonstrated to you is an example of me trying to serve your needs in that moment there's probably stress there's probably some worry there's some frustration what can i do as a leader to help meet you where you are and serve your needs which is about hey i can take away some of that stress i can be i can serve by being flexible in my nature and and so that's how i can lead with love but to be able to get to that point i need to be in a position where i'm not watching the clock i'm not stressing about time and technology so me as a leader i have a responsibility to get myself to a, a loving and empathic state so i don't miss the signals of hey justin needs a uh, five minutes here because if i'm too worried about myself i can't be what you need me to be as your leader i can't be empathic enough because i'm too busy focusing on self Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's just a, a nice little loop for us to be able to come back to is that to help leaders lead with love they must first lead themselves and love themselves 
Yeah. And now like, I'm grateful for that situation today. At the time, I, 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 can't, I wasn't. Yeah. But also at the time, it, it helped me surrender to the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime I started to have like an anxious thought about it, I'm like, just surrender to this. It's what's happening. All of our pain and suffering is created by resistance to the moment and to resistance what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. right? By letting it go and surrendering and just being like, I know Ryan's a good guy. This is cool. It's not the end of the world. If it's 15 or 30 minutes, it's released. But if I resist that and say, oh my gosh, how is this happening? Why, why, like why? Ryan's going to be mad. You see how I'm creating my own pain and suffering? It doesn't exist until I create it, which is just that when I, in my, in my discovering of that truth, that is unlocking things and opening doors and, and just helping me live in a more peaceful place all the time. Yeah, love it. I, I do appreciate you so much, buddy. <laughs> and um, we'll start to wrap things up. Ryan, I feel like you know the question that is, uh, that's coming. And I love that you asked me this question when I was a guest on your episode or on your podcast. And uh, everyone who's listening, uh, I always have to preface, this, preface it this way, but you all know the goal of myself and Spread Love Movement is a big one in shifting the collective consciousness uh, of the planet to a place that is more one and more together, a place that's more peaceful, more loving, more compassionate, more forgiving, accepting, and understanding. And uh, again, I say this so many times in these episodes too. I'm like, you're already doing it because a lot of people answer this question throughout the episode with just who yep. they are. But when I ask it at the end, it always comes forth in, like, in, in a different way. So my man, Ryan, um, in your beauty of who you are, buddy, what are you doing uh, to help uh, in this collective shift of consciousness. Thanks, man. Well, I'm helping develop heart-centered leaders who lead with love. And um, uh, if if we circle back to a conversation we had earlier about the difference between the animal kingdom and humans is that difference between our re reactions versus our chosen response. And I think it's the more that I can help leaders make intentional, conscious choices rather than than reacting and responding from uh, states of, you know, that's, that's leadership, the gap between our reaction and how we actually respond. And the more people that I can help have that self-awareness, the more people I can help connect to uh, their sense of love, self-love, you have more leaders in the world who love and care for people around them. You're going to have more leaders in the world that bring their heart work into the world. There's so much creation that doesn't get brought into the world because they're too scared of judgment. They're too scared of fear. Well, you're going to have a world full of high vibrational human beings who are doing what they love. They're being someone that they love and they get to serve those that they love with their heart work. Love it, man. Ah, yes. Ah, right. You're teaching and that is so crucial. Wow. You are teaching other leaders to be that type of high vibrational being, which then just filters down to the people that they're leading and coaching and teaching. And that is huge in itself. And like you said, like that is going to literally help shift the consciousness and bring us to a higher vibration because you're helping those guys reach a higher vibration, which mm -hmm. then is affecting everything around them. It's affecting it. We live in an energy field, right? So you're mm -hmm. like, even subconsciously, that's making an impact on the consciousness. But then in their own teachings and what they're doing, it's just helping it even that much more and touching that many more people. Beautiful, man. Thank you for that. Thank you, brother. That was great. Ryan, my dude, uh, if you can let people know um, just online, social media. I know we've talked about the podcast, but where they can find the podcast, all of that good stuff so people can connect with you uh, and just get more uh, of Ryan in their life. Thank you, man. Um, the best place is probably at Ryan B. Hartley on Instagram. You see my link tree. It's got all the good stuff there. Or head to ryanhartley.co.uk. Same thing. You got the links to the community, you got links to the podcast. Um, I'm a very relational kind of human being, um, you know, and, and if anything I've said has really resonated or, or sparked curiosity, let's have a two-way conversation. You know, we, we, we do these podcasts not as a way of being monologues, but as a way of having a conversation with people. And, and I love it when people who listen reach out, engage, and let us know what really resonated with them because we can then continue to journey with like-hearted people. Yes, like-hearted people. Uh, that is something, thank you for that, man, again, because that is something that I'm bringing into my every single mm -hmm. day. Yes. 
my man, you're such a just such a good guy, man, with such a, a great soul and the work that you're you, doing, man. of course, man, and, and the work that you're doing is so important and so needed. Definitely go check out Ryan. Thank you so much for being uh, a guest on the podcast and allowing this platform to bring more awareness to who you are and the impacts you're making in this world because they are they're crucial for this growth and i think we just need to bring more awareness to people like you because that will in itself help in this shift of consciousness yeah i love you man i love what you do love what you represent and you know seeing your platform it is a beacon of love it's a beacon of light and um yeah, i'm just honored to be here with you my friend thank you Yes, of course, man. Everybody, we have so much love for you. Thank you for kicking it with me and Ryan. And uh, I can't wait to see you next time. Thanks, buddy.